You are now entering Nick and Mello's hyperspace. Hello, I'm Carmelo, and my favorite Rogue One character is K2SO. I love that droid. I'm Nick, and I love K2SO, but I have to go with Shira Imway. He is my favorite. He's such a badass. He's pretty up there for me, too. In our journey through hyperspace, we examine everything and anything Star Wars from the point of view of two lifelong fans, one young, one old, who came together through the will of the Force. So in this episode, we are going to talk about Rogue One. Um, and honestly, we did this because of, well, Carmela loves this movie so much, but also Andor is going to be here very soon. So we thought this would be perfect timing to talk about this movie. And Carmela, I think this is actually the first movie we're going to talk about, like dedicate a whole episode to. We haven't done yes. that to any of the other movies yet. Yes, that's so. true. That's true. And I and we were also thinking about maybe for every season, choose a movie of, yeah. the, um, of all the films so we can sort of slowly go through all of them and talk about them in detail but it's really fun going back to this one with andrew coming so soon um and i managed to see it on imax um Ooh. a couple of weeks ago how fun which was a marvelous experience and i usually hate imax because it's too loud but this one they managed to do the volume just right it was loud and exciting but it was not like covering my ears too loud it's, that has been my experience in the past, so that's that's really wonderful. And it's also really fun because this is sort of the first movie not part of the Skywalker saga in the sort of traditional sense. It mm -hmm. is connected to the Skywalker saga, but it is the first of these a Star Wars story films like Solo, mm -hmm. who are sort of like accompanying films. Yeah, spinoffs. It's it's a really it's a yeah a spinoff. And I want to start by saying that. The first time I saw it, I was not in love. I, I liked it, but I wasn't Gaga. Now I am. <laughs> um, but um, but I, I, I think because I, I'm terrible, Carmel's terrible at expectations. And so I sort of had in mind something in me and it just sort of wasn't it. Mm -hmm. But the more I saw it, the more I started realizing, okay, this is the kind of film that it is. Um, but I think the thing that I loved from the very beginning, Nick, were the characters. Mm. Even, even if I, on my first viewing, I wasn't totally in love with the movie itself, I thought the characters were amazing. I loved the characterization and the way the film sort of developed who these people are and why they are doing what they're doing. That, that I found really wonderful. Yeah. I, you know, and I'm the opposite of you. We talked about this before we started recording. You know, I, I really liked it at first and not that I dislike it now, but the more I sit with it, I'm not, it's not one of my favorite Star Wars movies. It's not one that I'm going to revisit a whole lot. And, you know, this was the first time I watched it in probably two or three years. And oh, wow. okay. It's been a while. Um, but, you know, when I, when I watched it, I had a good time. This was probably my favorite viewing. I watched it with my wife, Haley. This was her first time seeing it. So maybe that had something to do with it. I thought the movie kind of dragged in some spots, but when I watched it last night with her, it kind of just, maybe because I knew the story and I knew what was coming, yeah. but it felt very like the pacing. I hear one of the main complaints I do hear about this movie is the pacing, but to me, it, it went by quick. I remember my reaction the first time was that once they decided to go to Scarif, the movie sort of picked up for what I expected. Mm -hmm. um, and I thought the first part of the film was sort of a lot of exposition, a lot mm -hmm. of exposition. But now I really like that exposition because it gave me time to know who these people were. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and I think on first viewing, I just got a little impatient, sort of like, can this movie please start? Right. <laughs> um, but, but now I really enjoy it knowing that the first half of the film is about letting them, letting us know who these people are and then how, how they go about stealing the plans from mm -hmm. Scarif and all of that. And audience, I'm doing the beach because the Battle of Scarif was in this sort of very beachy, tropical place. And I'm from Puerto Rico and I love the beach and palm trees and blue skies. And, and he's wearing his, his, his buttoned up shirt. And I'm wearing so. my, this was my, the first shirt I ever made for myself. Oh, cool. Okay, During the pandemic, that. I was bored. I had finished writing my Star Wars book and I'm like, and what the fuck do I do now? <laughs> um, and I had started learning to sew for, for cosplaying. So I said, I'm just going to go online and see if I can find some sort of Star Wars fabric. And then I saw my favorite droid turn into a fabric. And I'm like, he's funny. It. This is it. He's great. And it's a very comfy, it's cotton poly. It just irons well. <laughs> it looks awesome. I love it. Well, it's, it's, it's really quite wonderful. It's funny but you anyway, say that. Back hey. to the movie. It was just funny you say that Haley though her first this is her first viewing and she loved K2SO she thought he was hilarious all his lines were funny she's like she said he was just hilarious she said if he's like an aggressive C3PO <laughs> and I love the idea I love the idea of having an imperial droid that has been reprogrammed mm -hmm. and that reprogramming has created this brutally honest droid right um it's just it's just it's just delightful I, just, I, I love all the intricacies of his. Um, in, my, in my Star Wars book, I, I talk about the, the whole idea of artificial life in Star Wars. Mm -hmm. And I love, I love sort of the addition of K2SO to that world of droids in, in Rogue One. I was going to say, you, at the top, you mentioned the characters as well. You really liked about this movie. And last night, and I think I've appreciated this character more, this last viewing is uh, Orson Krennic um he's a great villain really, i like him i really liked him a lot more this time around than any other time for some reason um but he was he was he was very intimidating um and it was just really cool to see him in this movie i'd like to see more of him somewhere but he he's really awesome i enjoyed he, this he shows up in one of the new thrawn novels oh cool okay well so if Thrawn treat treason i think it's in the third of yeah, last one of the first trilogy that um, takes place right, right as and, Rebels is ending, I believe, right? Yes, and okay. it's that, and he's really wonderful in that book. He's really wonderful in that book. So, if, um, um, you haven't read the Thrawn novels, have you? I have not. No, no. <gasps> Homework, Mister. <laughs> the but hell! I was going to say I was making, and I loved it because Star Wars does this. It makes connections all the time throughout yeah. other media, and one that I remember from Rebels was during Rebels. I believe it was in season three or four. Um, Tarkin tells that uh, tells Thrawn that they're gonna kind of stop his his Tie Defender project, and they're right. gonna work on Project Stardust, which we know is the Death Star. Right. And it's just fun seeing that connection. And uh, I forgot that yeah. they, they I forgot they called it that. And then this movie, when they said Stardust, I thought, oh yeah, that's the yeah, that's yeah. from Rebels. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And that and that little plot in Rebels is an entire novel in the Thrawn trilogy. Oh, cool. Okay. Um, and I, I, I'm pretty sure it's thrown treason. Um, I think you seriously should consider taking a leave of absence from your master's degree for a semester. And reading so all these Star Wars books? Novels. Yeah, I, I, I think this is more important. Um, social really? work can wait a semester. Oh, man. Um, I, That's fun. <laughs> That's fun. 
Um, no, you're you're right about Krennic. Krennic, I I love somebody who is in the empire, invested in the empire, but is also frustrated about the bureaucracy and the corruption that exists. And so I love that tension that he has with with um, with Tarkin about who's who's in charge of the Death Star now. I and I, I really love this idea that he, you know, it, it was really interesting. You know, I watched a video of Claudia Gray, the author, the Star Wars author, talking about Lost Stars um, in a convention in Seattle, and he was saying, you know, evil characters or villains are not so much about sort of being evil in a melodramatic way. It's about characters who think what they're doing is right. Mm-hmm. that the way that I'm going to do this is the way to do it. And Krennic like honestly believes that terror will bring peace to the galaxy. He like completely believes that. And in a way that makes him really scary. <laughs> well, he, he says it in his introduction to the movie when they go to right. get Galen Erso. He says, right. he says, we're going to bring peace and order to the galaxy. And he said, you mean more like terror? He said, whatever works. Yes, he's. So, I think. I think the line is, "Well, we got to start somewhere." Got to start somewhere. That's what it is. Yeah, we got yeah. to start somewhere. Right. That's a disturbing line. That, that is, is very, line, very dark. But, but it just makes it. It. I mean, that's the perfect line for a villain. That's the perfect yeah. line for a villain. I yeah. love to talk about the Guardians of the Wills because. Oh yeah, they're fascinating. They are. They are just a beautiful addition to the Star Wars lore. They are cool. They. So you know, I said sure is my favorite. I just enjoy. You know, there a lot of people say they like this movie because it's detached from the Jedi, and this is just about a group of people having to win a battle without a Jedi swooping in and saving the day. Right. Um, Chirrut is the closest thing we have to a Jedi that's not a Jedi, and he's such a badass. Um, I remember watching it the first time, and I just like the idea of characters in Star Wars. Not necessarily. I mean, he is in tune with the Force. But he's not a Jedi, if that makes sense. Right. He right. he right. he believes they're the Force, and um, but he does not. He's, he's not trained like by a Jedi. He's not. He didn't grow up as a Padawan or anything like that. He's right. he's very in tune with the Force, and he's blind. So I I told I told Haley he's like the the Daredevil of the yeah. Star Wars universe. <laughs> yeah, and he's just really cool, and I enjoy seeing that kind of side. We well, you know Mos Kanata is another character I enjoy because of her connection to the force, even if she's not force sensitive herself. Um, that's fun. We need more I, of that in Star Wars. I love the combination of having Chirrut trusting so much in the force and base Malbus, his companion partner as a guardian of the will, as somebody who has sort of like abandoned or being disillusioned by the force. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the end of the film, we, we get this sort of transformation um, he believes, stage, but I, I love that tension that exists between them. Mm-hmm. That they are sort of they're they're sort of joined at the hip, yeah, but with very different beliefs. Um, and I'm assuming you know we don't we don't get a lot of the story in the film about about Bay's Malbus, um, but it's really interesting to have a very um, disillusioned guardian mm-hmm. next to one who. Very devoted. The force really yeah. in the force. Yeah, um, they're a fun dynamic. Really 
if anybody um, is interested in them, remember that there is a, um, a middle grade novel by Greg Ruka, or Ruka, I'm not sure. Ruka. His name, Ruka? Ruka. Um, and, and there's a manga adaptation. There's the companion manga for it. Um, it's cool. And there, it's, it's a really wonderful story. It's a really wonderful story. And at it's least fun. the novel, I haven't read the manga. Um, Sol Guerrera is scary as shit in it. He is. And um, it shows more of the dynamic between these two and that their kind of life at the, the temple. Yep. It's yep. really fun. Well, and I, I always I always love them because they feel like a gay couple. They feel like a married they argue couple. like a married couple, they really, like they an really old married couple. Like a gay couple. They they bicker like a gay couple. <laughs> They're funny. They're so funny. Um, and so that's that's really fun. And it's and in a middle grade book, that's really lovely that young people can sort of read these kinds of relationships as just yet another kind of relation, right. uh, rather than something odd or strange or an anomaly. It's just it's just it's just really beautiful. I highly recommend the book. Well, you know, it's it's fun that the the book you know dives into it more than the movie gets to. But you know, they're they're on opposite sides, like you said. One's devoted, one's kind of disillusioned and kind of forgetting that way of life. But they still respect each other to a degree. Um, mm-hmm. It's just they have the same goal. They just go about it different ways, and it's very fun, very fun to see their dynamic. They're they're truly funny. I would love I to love see that. a whole whole series about these guys. I would love love living on the temple and and hanging out with kids. They're funny. Well, I'm crossing my fingers with the High Republic Battle of Jeddah. Yes, the audio drama. We might see that temple. We're not going to see them, but we might learn more about the Guardians. Right. So I'm like, I'm going to do like triple cross. Here we go. There you go. Um. Because it would be really fun to know more about Jeddah, more about the temple, more about the guardians. And I'm hoping that that novel will give us a little more information that that novel is coming up pretty soon. So I'm, I'm so, you know, it's funny too, when that, when the movie came out and we see the big statue of that Jedi falling down and we know that they're mining the Kyber crystal right. uh, for the Death Star. And it's right. like, they throw in, Star Wars is very good about throwing in like, not throwaway lines or throwaway scenes or locations, but they always have a way of introducing something that you want to know more about and learn more about. And that's one of those things ever since I saw Jeddah, I was like, well, this is not a, it's a Jedi temple, but who are these guardians of the wills? Who are these people? Right. They're not Jedi. Right. Right. Who right. are they? They're, right. Are they coexisting with the Jedi? And right. of course right. it's not explained, but um, I'm very fascinated to see yeah. where we get to see them again. That's why I'm hoping that that, that novel will give us a lot more information about that yeah. whole moment. I'm cool. Before we move I, on quickly, I, I want to talk about since ahead. we're we're doing this in honor of Cassian, uh, the Andor yeah. show. I think we yes. should mention him. We haven't really mentioned him at all. I know. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of cool characters in this movie, but um, I wanted to talk about. You know, we've. I'm sure if you've watched this, you've definitely seen the Cassian Andor trailers. And by the time you watch this, I'm not sure when it'll re-release, but I really like his character as a as a fun a twist on what you would expect a rebel a rebel hero to be um somebody that was a separatist before becoming a a rebel hero and this idea that he's kind of always been against the republic in any kind of way shape or form so it's fascinating to see him and of course everybody talks about how he is he does things that most heroes wouldn't do you're not going to see han solo shoot a guy in the back um so he's fascinating and i'm wanting to see more of an andor how he becomes the guy we see in rogue one I, um, I, I have always been fascinated by him. 
And I was thrilled that they were doing a show on him because in the past, Star Wars has been very, very about good versus evil and separating those two things very clearly. Mm -hmm. um, and I love how both Rebels and Clone Wars are responsible for murking the lines between what is good and what is not. And Andor is an excellent example of a sort of a morally ambiguous hero. And that I find really, really, really fascinating. I mean, the first time we meet Andor, he kills a colleague. Mm -hmm. Like that's the first scene that we have with him. We don't know anything about this guy. Right. We know he's with the rebellion and boom, done. Shot this guy in the back. Um, that is not a new hope. No. A new hope, Leia would not do that. Han Solo did kill. I guess, I guess he did. I guess he did. But Greedo, Greedo is a, it's a bounty hunter. That's different. Right. Um, but it's interesting to have a morally ambiguous hero. And I'm really interested in seeing um, sort of the genesis, the development, the history of Ander. Um, how do we get to Rogue One? How do we get to Rogue One? Um, with the with the rebellion, because we there's always this tendency of like the rebels are always goody goody, yeah. um, and I love I love that with Andor we don't have that, um, and I think the other character that we need to talk about is Saul Guerrero. Yes, he, he's the other one who is very morally <laughs> ambiguous. You know, it's I funny. Say, I would say morally problematic. I would uh, say I would think it's funny how, and I, I don't know if they'll explore this because we know Saul's in the Andor series, but. I wonder if they're going to explore because, you know, Cassian, he said he's done th terrible things and done bad things. We know Saul has done very bad things. Right. So I wonder where is, are they going to, in Andor, are they going to show this is the line? Andor is kind of skating the line. We'll find or out. I just jumped over it. Are we going to, I'm just curious. I don't what, think they're going to jump over it. I don't think they're going to jump over it because they're, it's a show. They've been very good at, at sort of creating this complexity. Yeah. I mean, um, the third sister in Kenobi was a fascinating character because of that ambiguity. Yeah. Because of that ambiguity. Um, and so I'm hopeful that that ambiguity will continue with Ander. You had mentioned before that, you know, Saul Guerrero was the first character that we first see in animation that gets um, sort of added into, into live action. I did not know that. Um, yeah. And that's what I makes I don't remember where I saw this. It might've been a behind the scenes, but uh, yeah. So when Rogue One was being developed, they were wanting this character that we is Saul Guerrero, but there was a, they were wanting to create a new character that, you know, was very extremist, a rebel extremist and kind of a terrorist in a way. And, you know, the story group had said, you know, we already have kind of a, we could use a character mm. that we can make into that and Saul Guerrero. And if you've watched the Clone Wars and, you know his story and his tragic backstory about him, uh, him and his sister fighting for their planet to be uh, right. taken under rebel control or uh, separatist control. I'm sorry. Right. So it's fascinating. And you know, now nowadays we have Ahsoka, Bo-Katan, Ezra, and Sabine are coming. We have all these characters from animation jumping to live action, and I think a lot of people forget he was first introduced a long time ago. I didn't and, know that. That's in that's the Clone Wars. So he kind of started a trend. And all right. And he's popped up everywhere. He's in a video game, The Fallen Order. He's okay. in comics. I mean, he's everywhere. He's very, he's a very interesting character. We're we're not a fan of him and or his, his views. Isn't that? 
yeah is in the novel uh, rebel rising by beth revis uh, yeah so he, he pops up a lot of different areas and he's a very fun he's in rebels we forgot to mention that um He's, he's just an interesting character and a very interesting foil to the rebellion. Yes. And it's fascinating. Now that I'm thinking about it, it's really interesting. He's one of those characters that in order for you to get the whole life story, you need to switch media in Star Wars. You do, yeah. Animation, um, junior novels, comics, <laughs> video games, movies. It's yeah. um, everywhere. So it's really interesting that we're you're slowly constructing the life of So Guerrera, not, chronolo- not chronologically, which is a very typical Star Wars thing to do. Mm-hmm. That you're slowly getting bits and pieces and you need to sort of put it together. I haven't seen all the trailers of Ander. Does he show up in Ander? He is in one of the trailers, yes. Okay. So, yeah, he's with Forrest oh, Whitaker. Oh, wait, there's more Saw. So. Yeah, Forrest <laughs> Whitaker reprises role. So I'm very excited. He's a very good actor, so. I'm interested to see what they do with him. Okay, cool. I find it really fascinating. And this is something that you mentioned before um, the recording, how the whole notion of representation is sort Mm -hmm. of embedded in this story. We have a female lead. um, We have Asian actors doing the Guardians of the Wills. We have Forrest Whitaker. We have all of these people that are sort of creating this this very diverse world, mm-hmm. this very diverse world. Um, and I know that, you know, some fans were sort of grumbling about this, but I really, I really love, I really love Star Wars catching up with the diversity of our culture. Yes, it's much needed. Uh, rather than assuming that Hollywood is white, um, Disney and Star Wars and Lucasfilm are sort of saying, well, we don't live in that world. <laughs> no. Um, and so it's it, it's it was a it was a treat. I remember seeing a Vanity Fair picture of the cast and seeing all of this diversity. Bodhi, let's not forget Bodhi. Oh, Bodhi's great. Um, I I love that character. It was a, a hero character, but it is such an important character, and He's it is hero. such an endearing character. Such yeah. an endearing character. Uh, my friend Kareem from, from Canada has talked in cons about sort of Middle Eastern representation mm. um, in sort of like sci-fi and fantasy and, and action adventure and all of that. And what he's up there. I, I, That's awesome. The first time I met him, he was a gender-bending Ahsoka. Um, oh, very cool. Second time I met him, he was he was Bodhi. Um, and I was doing I was doing Thrawn that day. So oh, interesting. <laughs> we took a picture together of Thrawn and Bodhi together. Um, and so it's it's really marvelous. It's one of the things that I that I sort of enjoy so much um, about sort of let's just say Star Wars finally catching up with the diversity of representation that we actually have in our country. That's true. Um, and that, that I think it's a beautiful gesture. That's it's true. A beautiful gesture. You know, we, we have Star Wars, I think under Disney's gotten a lot better about representation. Um, obviously there's always room for improvement and things you yeah. could do better, but uh, you know, this is really, this is a feature film that was in theaters. That was very, very anticipated by a lot of people. And to me, it's it's the most represent. I think it has the most representation out of all the films. Mm. Um, things like the High Republic and 
uh, those those books and comics have done great for representation as well. But yes, I agree. Those obviously are not going to reach the same amount of audiences as a film like Rogue One. Um, so to have that in Star Wars is really fun. Yep. And, and you know, we're going to have the Acolyte later on, 23, 24, I'm not sure when, yes. that is sort of connected to the High Republic. So it'll be interesting to see how the, the, the wonderful diversity of representation that the High Republic novels have, how it translates to the show when it gets there. It seems to be doing well so far. They've cast two African-American female leads and then okay. a, the, I don't know if you saw Squid Game on Netflix. Uh, the, I have not. I have not either. But the main character, that he's also in the lead, a lead oh, male role. So oh, it looks like they're doing very well represent, representation. So I'm excited to see that show too. Good, 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 good. Yeah. yeah, so that's another element of Broke One that I just really, that really yeah. love. And I think we need to talk about the elephant in the room that this is a war movie. Oh, yes. Yeah. Talking about the sort of war element of it, um, so, I think it's important as well. So this is a, one of the things I hear, a compl- or not a complaint, a compliment of this movie is we get to see the, get to see the side of the war that the original trilogy doesn't show because we're focusing on Luke, Leia, Han, and the main characters. Um, we, these, these are kind of the background characters that we would see that are they don't get the spotlight and they're they're very important they're very vital without this mission right. the right. rebellion doesn't live right right and it's very very important and you know, it's funny a little line in the scroll i was about to say that's that's what a movie i remember when they announced this movie and i thought well they've kind of already explained this story it's in the opening crawl what else do you need to know and <laughs> of course you know i was a little young and ignorant back then but it turned into a really great film and it's it's very interesting to see that side of the rebellion, and I think Andor is going to explore more of that. Um, but you know, we've yeah. seen we've seen it in the Clone Wars. We've seen kind of the everyday how the war affects everyday people. Um, and this we see the same thing on on Jeddah, the planet is being yeah, mined yeah. and stripped, and it's just like chaos. And they, I think even Jen even says uh, it's a war zone. So it's 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 home it's home to a lot of places in in the world. There's some places that are just ravaged with with war and terror and i think rogue one does a good job of uh, depicting that i remember having the 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 christmas time that rogue one came out i had a really interesting conversation with a barista at a coffee shop outside of philadelphia uh who was also a star wars fan and he said something really interesting to me he said i love rogue one because it was a real star wars movie and I, I, that phrase sort of like, what is he talking about? Um, and then I realized it's a war movie. It's a war movie in a mm-hmm. way that, that Star Wars has always been sort of skirting around or sort of being connected to. But this is a movie that is all about war. Mm-hmm. And it's all about being a, during war, being at war. Um, and I think he's right. So if you're listening, whoever you were, I don't remember your name. You were very young and you were, you love Rogue One. Uh, and at the time I was sort of like, yeah. yeah. Uh, but he, he, it's really interesting how his thoughts had sort of lingered with me for years since the movie came out in 2016 um, about this whole idea of how present and how complex war is depicted in this film. I, I, I think that's a, it's a beautiful job movie does a great job of connecting to a new hope and obviously it ends with it leading right, right into new hope and i love all the right. the throwaway throwaway lines of things to come like we get to see and i explained it to Haley because i forgot about it till last night 
we get to see Red Five. We see what happens to him, and obviously Luke takes up that spot in right. A New Hope. So I love that little connection. And yes. the, oh, they're 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 just so many, so many cool things. ones. Uh, and the cameo appearance of Chopper and Hera on Hera, the Hera Syndulla on the on the intercom. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> Just, I'll, just filled with little things. I've seen. I know it's in the final battle, and I, I was looking for it, and I couldn't find it. I know the ghost is there, but I couldn't the ghost see it. Is there. I've seen and there's pictures. There's another scene where the ghost is parked. Okay, uh, so I must, I must have missed that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just parked in the corner. It's That's cool. The so uh, there's a lot of fun connections towards the beginning of the film. All right. Thank you, Nick. Thank you, yeah. audience. Um, remember to like our videos uh, and make sure you subscribe. That way. As we release uh, throughout the season all of our shows, you can get a notification when they are ready to be watched. Yes, and we're Spotify. on Spotify. I have a TikTok that I am just posting fun stuff about comics and books I get or action figures or just anything cool Star Wars related. I try to try to post fun stuff, fun videos. He's the young one. He's the young one. So I didn't know what TikTok, TikTok was until, you know, recently. So. <laughs> Bye, Nick. Bye, audience. See you soon.